Welcome to In The Paint. I'm Daniel Artest, your host. And today I got Brian Gardenhire from LEX Express. That's his basketball league. He also is a skill development coach, not a trainer, a skill development coach. Um, Yo, BG, what's going on, brother? Welcome on to, um, on to the show. Yo, what's good, y'all, man? What's up, Daniel? Um, pleasure, pleasure for you to have me. And just excited, man, to just talk some basketball with you, man. And everything like that, man. So just, just happy to happy to see another day and be able to talk sports, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. But I just want to, you know, talk about you with with the skill development, man, and um, you know, and also how skill development overall has kind of been down in the United States, you know, due to you know, I personally think that a lot of these trainers, you know, they're trying to be a brand instead of, you know caring about the game as a whole now is is, is different right. these days so you know what's your uh, opinions on that i mean um i won't say it's down I, I would just say it's oversaturated um i think um skills development and just trainers kind of came abrupt within the last like three to five years um when uh michael lancaster and um you know a bunch of those other guys started getting very getting a huge uh, notoriety for um, training NBA athletes. And then they kind of, like, monetized it and just started training, like, kids and, you know, high school kids and things like that nature. So, um, but I think it's it's, 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 it's kind of like a seesaw. You know, it has its good and it has its bad. Um, I think, you know, when, when guys have the right mentality and, and their heart is in it, I think it's, it's a great thing because you need development. You know, you need somebody who is going to instruct you and, teach you to do play the game the right way and also build things that you don't have up um but it's also a bad thing when you got guys that's just doing it for for financial gain and you know not really putting a lot of thought and detail into the actual um consumer or or the client so um you know I, i'm like i said i'm 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 i'll have the seesaw kind of outlook on it yeah. but i think overall i think you you're right it is down because a lot of a lot of, most of it is just teaching kids how to play one on one and just a lot of, you know, kind of like needless things that they need to do on the court versus yeah. actually just developing the player to to be the best that they can be. Yeah, exactly. But the only time I really like the one on ones is when it's a part of a drill. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. Like no, for sure. You, yeah, for like sure. it gotta be competitive, man. It gotta be a competitive um one-on-one drill, like three, like, I mean, we, we came up on three dribbles, you know what I mean? Um, we came up off of uh, King of the Court, you know, 21, things like that. Those, those type of competitive drills versus just, you know, I'm going to show you how to do a three or four dribble combination and you're going to Euro and shoot because it's not really, you know, very realistic, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it can happen in a game, but just those things, that, you know, are being taught too much and, um, it's, it's, it's giving our kids a misconception of how to actually play the ball the right way. Yeah, exactly. Because I know it's kind of hard when a kid come up to you and be like, "Hey, man, I wanna I wanna dribble like Kyrie," but you got to get the basics down first before you can even dribble like Kyrie and, and things. You know what I'm saying? For sure, man. Ba- the basics and the fundamentals within anything in basketball, and um, I think a lot of trainers are not their their workouts are predicated towards that. And um, I mean, it, it also goes based upon the the um actual skill level but i tell people all the time you have to always go back to your roots which is fundamental and footwork um for me like i i I like specify a lot of detail onto footwork because for me if you have like you know superior footwork 
then everything else kind of comes naturally and easy for you, even even as far as ball handling. Like you exactly. may not have the best ball handling in the world, but if your footwork is good, you, you can get to a lot of places you need to get on the court and be effective. Fundamentals are not being taught because you can't post, when you post a fundamental drill on you, on Instagram, you're only going to get, you know, <laughs> maybe 10 likes, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Versus if you post, all right, do the legs behind the back, spin move, Euro, to a, to a, you know what I'm saying, a fadeaway, then you're going to get the 50,000 likes and views and all that stuff. So I think that's why a lot of people are kind of like making sure that they're, they're doing those things so that they can kind of like attract those consumers. Yeah. Is that, is that hard for you as a trainer though? Because you're trying to stay, you know, grounded to your roots as far as like, you know, developing and things. And as also, um, you know, want to become a better brand. Cause from what I see on your Instagram, you know, you, you work with kids, you work with, you know, adults and stuff. You got a pro play overseas right now. Isaiah Whitehead, former NBA player trying to get back. Shout out to right. him. He just had what? 24, six and 40. Um, his yeah, last game. Yeah. Yeah. He had a great game. But I mean, you you hit it on the nose. Um, it it it's, it goes based upon the skill level. You know yeah. what I mean? And for me, I tell people, you know, don't don't watch. You you can watch my Instagram, you can watch my YouTube and and different videos, but that's you, you're not getting the meat and potatoes of the workout. That's just the icing on the cake that you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, or videos that are being edited. Um, but for me, man, the, the workouts are intense, man. We we start out with you not even touching the basketball for ten to fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? So it's like. You know, a lot of people are not seeing seeing those things, um, um, because that's that's not being post. But um, yeah, man, um, it, it's definitely it's definitely tough because you you, you have to um, you have to definitely, you know, give the people what they want to see, but also stay and rooted with what you what you're doing. But if you watch my workouts, a lot, everything I do is um, game simulated. So like, even if you're doing a shooting drill. It's, it's a shooting drill that's game simulated towards how you would get your shot off in the game and being prepared into being able to, um, you know, perfect that craft of, of being in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You you definitely do um, a lot of game speed stuff. And what I like about your, your method is I've noticed that what you do to simulate defense and like player movement is how you always when when your play let's give an example Cairo when he's dribbling the ball and he's you know he's doing his move he go between the legs you'll tell him right away real quick like to make it instinctual like to get it in, in his brain to do that move real quick he'll dribble right here you like you have cross behind the back spin you know to the basket or whatever you know what I'm saying right. like I, I noticed that how you um, my brother used to do that with me when we trained together and um how um well not my yeah. How we we used to train together. He used to do that instinctual thing. Try to try to um yeah. make it you Try to try to give you that muscle memory and stuff. You know, especially when you don't have a defender on the floor. You like it's kind of like it kind of mimics a defender. Mimics a defender. So yeah, no, nah, definitely. I mean, what people don't understand is, um, we we it's hard to multitask. So for ninety percent of the time, I am guarding my people that I'm working out yeah. with. Yeah. But when you know you're doing when you're recording and you're trying to you know, capture things on film and you can't actually defend. But, yeah, we definitely, with the pro guys, I definitely do a lot of things on the fly um, to try, to kind of, like, make them uh, react instantly um, just so that they're being prepared for those things to happen during the game, um, game setting. Um, but, yeah, man, um, but versus for a kid um, who's just learning how to dribble, we do the same thing where, you know, I think, you know, basic coaches do where, you know, if they're dribbling and they're not used to making those dribble moves and they're looking at the floor, you say, all right, you put two fingers up. Or you say, you know what I'm saying, you you, you do things to make them kind of react 
versus paying paying full attention to what they're doing so it happens naturally. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So what you think on as far as players development, um the player development and like how can we make us make players better? Cause there's definitely a, a missing link right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we got like we was talking last week about about it mm-hmm. and um you know how you know, I was talking about Luka Doncic, but you was also bringing up that Luka Doncic's been a pro more, been a pro longer. Right. Um, like, but still, like, I understand that. But how can we, like, you know, fix it, fix it so we can make our talent? Because, you know, the world caught up to us. You know what I'm right. saying? And we, right. I, I, like, like, you know what I mean? I, I love it that the world caught up to us, but I don't want nobody, you know, trying to pass us. So how can, as, as skill development coaches, you know, make, make these players better? Like, is there, a, like, a solution that you might have? I mean, it's just, it's a, I think it's a, it's a solution. I can, I, I can have a solution, but I think ultimately the solution has to be just doing things the right way. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, like, like we talked about last week, we, um, we, we talked about why overseas kind of players are more skilled than Americans is, 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 is mainly because they, they do this for a living. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, you know, at 14 years old, they, their kids are pros. So their kids are having three three a days. They're having two pra- practice in the morning, practice at evening, and then somewhere in the middle they they're having a a one on one private um workout. Yeah. Um. So they they they're just far fetched ahead of us because they're putting so much work in, and then not only are they putting so much work in, but they're actually being taught how to play the right way. Um, no disrespect to us because we are the inventors and we are the creators of basketball and we're the Mecca, but they teach that they teach basketball as far as moving the ball and spacing and different things. And versus us, we're, we're kind of captivated on just being that, that person. And I yeah. think we talked a little bit about roles on um, last time and understanding and knowing your role as a player. And I think we have a hard time in the States understanding that because Parents are so quick to want their kid to be the man at twelve years old. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like, yo, there's no, there's no twelve year old all American. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to understand that if you if you're a shooter, you're a shooter. You know what I'm saying? There's people in the NBA that are making hundreds of million dollars just for being a sharpshooter, exactly. or being a, or being a defender, or being a rebounder, or being a person who was a two way player. Which back in, you know what I'm saying? There was never a two way player. You have to play both ends. But now it's like, okay. Guys are being looked at as two-way players, so yeah. it's like they they understand and know that if they do everything the right way, that everything will kind of work out for them. And just talking about Luca, you know, like I said again, Luca Doncic was a pro at thirteen years old. Yeah, 13, you know what I'm saying. 14, so yeah, so at thirteen years old, he's playing against guys twenty-five, twenty-six who are ultimately stronger and bigger. But he understood the game and was put in that position at that age to be able to learn. And I think we, we have to do a better job of putting our kids in better situations in learning versus them trying to be the be the end-all, be-all. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and be the best player. Because at the end of the day, when you make it to the NBA, I think you, you hit it on the nose last time we talked. It's, it's like 15 to 16 guys that are franchise players. Yeah, exactly. And everybody else are just role players. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else are just pieces. So – how are you going to get in the league and be a piece? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, man. So that's kind of how I feel about it. But I think if we take strides on just continue to work hard and, you know, I said, put in, put, in, put in the time and put in the pain, I think we'll be fine because we still always do have that edge over everybody else being from 
it, even if not just being only from New York, but being in the States, you know, we have that kind of that grit. Yeah. So it's like, as long as we have that grit and stay hungry, I think, you know, we'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? We just got to, we just got to put a lot more work in, in our skill craft and development. Yeah. I think that the NBA is going towards a, a more European type game. Now I've noticed that over the past couple of years. Of course, and definitely. Yeah. I think that like, I've never really, we don't really see a lot of trainers. Well, a lot of, a lot of skill coaches that's like treat like teaching the game at, at, at like that anymore i mean at all actually not anymore but at all like we don't really see a big man grabbing the ball going up on, on a on a break you know what i mean just working on his passing and every and everything right. like that you know what i'm saying like but you go over to europe you got a bunch of guys that can just pretty much do anything that's what makes them hard to guard like no matter what no matter what size they are like look at like Jokic. you know what i'm mm, saying like he could put it you could pretty yeah. much put him anywhere you know what i'm saying but we got a big man like you know, of of a similar a similar skill level, not skill set, but skill level, like like a drumming or something like that. But it's it's total it's totally two two totally different types of games. You know what I'm so saying? So what happens is, I think what happened to the NBA and I mean rest in peace, um, David Stern. You know what I'm saying? Great, yeah. who, who who changed the game globally? Who made the who made the game global? Um, through through his his you know his push for that, and um, it was great. You know what I'm saying? But I think now basketball is a, a positionless game um, versus, you know, in the early 90s, early 2000s, it was it was position-based. So yeah. now it's like, you know, one through five is like positionless. So yes. like meaning, yes, like you said, your center nowadays has to kind of be able to shoot the three yeah. or, or have some type of a perimeter game or it's like kind of no, no, no like placement them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I like it, but I don't like it because mm-hmm. – I feel like the game is always better when it was played inside out yes. versus outside in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think people fell in love with um with the Golden State Warriors um and their success because that's kind of how they played. So it's like everybody kind of mocked what was what works for them with Draymond, you know, being an undersized four and not really playing with his back to the basket. And I think everybody kind of like jumped on that wave when in theory you need a big, bro. Like, and you know what I'm saying? When the game slows down, you need somebody that can get down there and be physical and get you some and get you some buckets inside. But yeah, I agree. But at the end of the day, we, we have to be, you know, we have to understand the time and, and how things move. But I'm not the huge fan of it, but I understand it and I respect it. Yeah. So I, I always tell people don't don't never be prepared to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the end of the day, if if you're if you are good at what you do, your gift will always make room for you. You know what I'm saying? Just even like your brother, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like Ron, you know, was able to to always find his mission to lead because he he did something that everybody didn't want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he was still able to shoot the three. So at, as his career got, you know, as towards the end of his career, he was a sharp shooter. You yeah. know what I mean? He was a, he was a consistent three-point shooter. But if you looked at his game in his earlier years, you know what I'm saying, he did his damage inside. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it was like, you know, you have to be able to, you know, adjust and, you know, be, uh, um, you know, be flexible, you know, in your game. Yeah, you know? it, yeah, it's hard, though, because of how, like, the center position, like, like training or, like, skill work for center position is totally different now. It's just like they just want you to probably be, like, a, a, rim, a rim protector, a rebounder, <laughs> right. or something like that. Like, they don't even want you really posting up anymore. Like, you see a Dallas, you know, coach. Uh, Rick Carlisle was like, "Hey, Porzingis, we don't post him up because that's not that's not our game. That's not our offense or whatever. That's not right. his. That's not his style, which is crazy to be seven foot three and not post up. 
you know, back in the day, we'd be like, yo, boy, if you don't get your big ass down there, <laughs> now, it, now it, it, it's, it's different now, man. You know what I mean? The game done changed. I just want to, you know, like this podcast, because I, you know, like like you, I want to just keep pushing the game forward, man. Keep pushing, right, keep right. pushing the culture, man. Because, like, like we from not not even just saying New York, like you know, we just basketball players, man. We just got to right. be better, man. Because you know, it's like one out of every uh, three and a half jobs is taken by is taken by you know overseas players, which is cool, mm. which is cool. We want we want the world's best, but you know, there's a lot of talented people out here that that's not going to get that shake because of you know the lack of the lack of skills, which is not on their fault. Because you know they grew up learning what we learned. Like me, you know, I, I strictly played inside. I recently right. just got a jumper like like three years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. I just think that um, you know, we need to start building from the youth now to make to make it to make it you know to to even to even it out. Like I just want like if I was telling the coach the other day, he had his big man get the rebound and passing it to a guard, but they just they just doing workouts. And I'm like, no, just let him dribble up. Let them, let them right. dribble up. Let them dribble up. Let them dribble up under pressure. Actually, you know, I, you know, um, <laughs> I'll be telling these coaches like, you know, they be trying to have these players be great, you know, at everything when they just need to just focus on two to three things. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's it, man. That's it. I think you know. I think everything, not only just with basketball, but just life, anything always comes back full circle. So yeah, the game, the game is gonna come back full circle to how it was played. Um the way it was meant to be played you yes. know what i'm saying um but you you just have to you just have to continue to work hard and put yourself in positions to be able to to um make the best out of those opportunities and i tell people all the time i say look man if you're not a three-point shooter you're not a three-point shooter exactly. but be, be the best person you are you know what i'm saying so be the best rebounder be the best finisher be the best glue person you know what i mean um and and, and if you do that opportunities will happen for you because Shooting threes and and doing all those things, man, is cool, it's cute, but it's not always the the perfect formula for success. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think the game is gonna come back to the physical play and the inside and all those things because teams are gonna teams are gonna understand that it don't work for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so like like I tell people all the time, like I tell, it's in my wallet. So um. Like I tell people all the time, um, like I tell people all the time that um, even like somebody like Joel Embiid, I feel like he played. You know what I mean? He pe- the NBA kind of um, NBA kind of like gets him off the hook because you know he wants to shoot all these threes and he so he could be so dominant. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he could be like the next Shaq, bro. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or 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 just the next like one of those past big men we had, like Elijah Wan, or you yeah. know what I mean? And it's just like he lets dudes off the hook, and I think Shaq and all those guys be talking about him. Yeah, he gets offended by it, but it's real. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and then his excuse is, okay, well, that's not how the game is being played. And it's like, bro, why not? You know what I'm saying? They they show like a game where he had like 38 points, four, like 16 rebounds, because he like he dominated the paint. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's like the NBA. I think like they they do too much with these protecting these players. And all of that stuff because of the, you know, you know, I think they want to protect, they want to protect the investment. But at the end of the day, bro, like, you know, you got to be who you are, man. You got to yeah. play the game. You don't know what tomorrow holds, man. So you got to play your hardest. You can right when you have the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's just my knock on the league. Um, 
I love it, but I, that's my knock on it. You know what I'm saying? With these guys, you know, these taking rest, taking games off, and because of labor and all that. Like, it's, it's just it's too much because it's like our kids get caught up in that, and they think that they, they can be entitled to these things. Yeah. Because they're seeing Kawhi Leonard on a rest restriction and all that. Like, like dude, like, we never had that. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? We never had that. We just we gave it out 100%. And if you was tired, you get stuff out the game, and that's it. I think you know Kawhi, I, mean? I think Kawhi's situation is different because no, he, very. he has an actual debilitating um, – it's like a, it's like a foot, tendon right? between – no, no, it's his knee. It's his knee. It's like a tendon that's, that, that, that's, that connects his knee and his thigh. It's weird. Mm. So, so that's, I didn't that's, even know that. It could be like, like if he if, – like let's just say – if Brandon Roy did the load management like Kawhi was doing, like Brandon Roy he still would be in the league. He used to be playing, yeah. So it's, it's right. like his injuries like that, but Kawhi just won early. So he could just retire if he if, if he had a career in the injury, he, he'll be good because he won early. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, but, no, you're yeah. right. You're 100% right. Yeah, but like I think that as far as like the, um, you know, resting players, like players, they're too young. They're, they're not they're not even legal to drink and they're, and they're resting them because <laughs> I, I don't understand that right there. You know what I'm saying? I just think you got to give, you got to develop some type of, some type of resume in the league to earn that to earn that rest. Right, know? that's what I'm saying, dude. And I and I get it, but at the end of the day, like I said, I think that for overall base, you know, it um it affects the game, and it's just because, like I said again, there's so much you know social socially that's going on. Yeah, that our kids is watching everything. You know what I'm saying? So you got high school kids that they feel like they could take time off or just like you know not go 100 percent because. They're watching so much of the stuff that's happening in the league through Instagram yeah. or on their computers, and it's like they they have a sense of entitlement. I know, you know how to I'm fix saying? it though, man. Let me tell you how to fix it. You know, a lot of these players they don't just get these injuries when they just just because they're in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like they get these injuries when they're young, like 12, 14 right. years old, going on all them AAU tournaments every weekend, playing like nine games a weekend, and you know what I'm saying? Then playing. Outside on the concrete and just playing everywhere, they're right. literally playing like a hundred games a summer. You know that's wear and tear, you know. And so when when you get when you get older, like when you are Andrew Bynum and you are, you know, you have knee injuries early. It starts all the way back then. Me, what I would do is that I would just have an elite okay. youth, an elite youth basketball team that I would just play in the major in the major tournaments, qualifiers and the main ones. And we're not playing out, and we're not playing anywhere else other than that, you know. And then, right. Our workouts will be tailored to, you know, we'll go hard a couple of days, then another couple of days is just a lot of skill work and things, you know what I mean, just the rest of the body or whatever, but keeping they keeping they, they they mind sharp and things, keeping they sword sharp as far as skills, skill work and things. You know, right. there's a lot of things to do it, but I think it really starts from from these kids, man. So we don't have to get when they if they decide to take their basketball far, they don't have these injuries that they have some retiring before they even like twenty eight, you know. Right, right. Not for sure, man. For sure, man. For sure. Yeah. So how how's you how's, how's your fam taking the Kobe situation? I know y'all you know y'all was very close to uh, you know when Ron had that run with him. Um, how, how's everybody um you know taking that? You know everybody you know everybody's taking they, they took it hard, but you know you know Tom Hills all wounds and I guess you know yeah you know every day it gets a little better and stuff. Me personally, it, it just hits me when I see the kids, man. You know because. Mm. You know, that's that's it's kids, man. They ain't they ain't even scratch the surface of nothing yet, you know. And um with Kobe, it's just like, you know, he worked he worked hard to do something all his life. And um he wasn't be able he wasn't able to enjoy the fruits of his labor. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. It's, it's, it's just it's just a tough tragic situation, though. You know, I, and that's funny, I was gonna ask you about it, like, you know, your thoughts on the whole situation with him. 
Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, my my thoughts was it was devastating, man. It was a tragedy. You know, it was um, you know, it, it, it struck it struck me hard. I didn't know I didn't know um Kobe. You know what I'm saying? But his life, you know, I knew his life. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, I think you know we all we all kind of live to inspire and we all live to motivate. Yeah. And um. Like like you said, man, that the, the thing that hit me the most was you know his daughter was with him along with those other families that were on the plane, um, and you know him just kind of you seen you know the joy and love he had and just you know being able to coach his daughter, you know that Mamba Academy and all those things. And I was telling somebody that you know they were saying it on on TV, but you know before they even said it, I was saying to myself that you seen it's you seen you seen that his second part of his life looked like it was going to be more greater than his, you know, his basketball part of his life. Yeah. And that's what hurt. And that's what hurt because you don't find great people that give back and, you know, sow their lives to the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I was telling somebody even like Jordan, like I love Jordan. Jordan was my favorite player. I feel like Jordan is still the greatest player of all time, but I feel like Jordan didn't do so much for the game outside of when he when he finished retirement. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he has the Hornets or whatever like that, but that's just a business move. Like that's not him actually, you know what I'm saying, sowing seeds into the game. And it was like you seen Kobe like working out like all these top players in the league. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Giving giving them those toolage and, and just showing them how to be, you know what I'm saying, the greatest of all time. And it's like, yo, when you see great give back, like that, that joint is just like you know what I'm saying. It, it touches you in a certain type of way, and it's like even for the women's women's game. Like I coached college, you know what I'm saying, um, at ASA JUCO. You know I coached women's basketball for four years. Yeah, and you know we 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 sent like over a hundred girls to Division One college, and it's like the women's game, bro, don't get no respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like exactly. no respect. So, so, so the fact that you know what I'm saying. So the fact that. He was doing so much for the women's game. It was crazy, man. Like, like yeah. I just, I had, I had like a whole different level of respect for him, son. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, you know, it, it's just, it's just sad, man, to see him go. Yeah, it's sad. It's definitely sad. Um, there's one last thing before we go. One more thing. When Kobe was like, I just think that the whole debates of who's the greatest really, really, um, blanketed like Kobe's like. You know, he was dropping a lot of gems in interviews. I don't know if you ever really listened to his Yeah. Interview. He was yeah. dropping a lot of jewels as far as like just, you know, just being the best no matter what you do. And, you know, for women's basketball, I think I thought that he had a major plan for women's basketball that was going to yeah. be super huge. I, I didn't know what he was going to do, but I know that he was definitely working on something. But, it, you know, we lost, we lost a, a legend, you know what I'm saying? Too young, too tragic, too sudden. And, you know, I'm just glad that we, you know, we got a chance to see his greatness on on this earth, man. You know what I'm saying? For sure, nah, definitely, man. It was, it was a, um, it was a huge, it was a huge loss, but it was a greater gain. And I think, you know, like I said, um, a lot, a lot of people will be touched and motivated to do more, um, because they they, they seen what he was gonna do. So, yeah, man, we, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. You know, rest in peace, Gianna, and all those people, man. And you know, I pray the world, you know. Continues to, um, you know, you know they're gonna grieve. We're gonna all grieve and mourn. But I, I pray everybody, you know, looks at his loss and and wants to do more with their life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts, man. Facts, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on to the show, brother. 
I appreciate it, man. Man, have me on anytime, man. You know, keep doing your thing, man. Everybody, make sure y'all um, y'all y'all keep you know posting in the paint, man. Danny, Danny's dropping a lot of gems and giving a lot of people platforms. So, man, salute to you, bro. And um, yeah, man, much love always, man. We we go back from you know, <laughs> yeah, saying a lot, saying yeah. a lot, man. yeah, so, definitely, yeah, definitely, man. man. Definitely got to get you on another podcast. You know, what I'm saying we got to talk about you know the Mecca, New York, man. Why you know what's going on. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, man, we, we definitely going to talk about, you know, we got to come back and talk about the league a little bit. Um, you know, hopefully we have X, X versus Sex back out there, man. And um, we, 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 got, we got some big plans for the summer, man. Yeah, so definitely, man. Definitely, yo. Definitely, man. Well, you know, thanks for coming on, man. And um, definitely be in contact with you soon, brother. You be safe out there. All right. You too, brother. All right, peace you. out.